alien spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 85th annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory. Bullshit, my name is Cody, and I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. Uh, obviously, you and I know this, but this is our second recording of this because I don't know what happened to the file. So I've recorded probably, God, I don't know, over 300 podcast episodes. First time that's ever happened, but I guess there's a first time for everything. Yeah, really, I mean, crazy shit happens. Uh, we're kind of lucky, actually, that... I mean, we made it in how many, like 80 something episodes where nothing's gone wrong, including all of the uh, the extra episodes we made for Patreon. So, yeah, I I think I know what happened, but I'm not entirely sure. You know what? Honestly, I need to get a new computer. The one I'm using, the one that we use to record the studio is at least eight years old. So it's barely. Yeah, it's hanging in there. And it's been getting a lot of fucking use in the past couple of years with running three podcasts pretty much <laughs> <laughs> daily I almost. I know. Uh, hey, I wanted to ask you something here that I, I've seen notice pop up recently. Uh, <laughs> have you heard of this new, apparently it's white supremacist Facebook called Parlor? No, I haven't. Oh, you haven't heard about this. Wow. What a collection of nut jobs. Uh, so it. Apparently, because of all the fact checking Facebook and Instagram does, honestly, I'm kind of surprised they don't block us, even though like we're satirical, you know, about most of our posts that they haven't blocked us. But because they're blocking them, uh, they've went over to this like it's pretty much a white supremacist Facebook, I guess is what it is. Pretty, pretty wild. I've read some of the posts people made on there. Yikes. That's the only way I can describe it. Yeah, pretty much. I'm still just finding out what uh, the Boogaloo Boys are and the uh, <laughs> all of the what is that the the white power, but they call themselves something else. Um, uh, so you, I think you have the Bugaloo Boys. You have the Proud Boys. Proud Boys. Yeah. yeah. You have the Three Percenters. I can't remember what the other one like O O A N or something like that. I don't. There's so many of them. I don't know. Maybe they'll uh, be like most UFO groups where they just fight amongst each other. Maybe that's our best hope. Safest thing for America. I do keep seeing memes about the Boogaloo Boys, and it's always these middle-aged, like heavy-set, 350-pound men wearing very, very tight-fitting tactical gear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculously hilarious. Well... I I was mentioning the the QAnon podcast. I didn't listen to the whole thing, but uh, on last podcast they mentioned that the the guy who started it is a uh, known pedophile, which I guess is isn't surprising in the least bit. Yeah, is that the the latest last pod? Uh it might have been last week's side stories or the the one from the first Adolfo Costanzo episode. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I uh, I actually I was listening to Last Pod on the Left pretty pretty much every week at least two or three times during work. But I've kind of I don't know. I got uh, I'm getting a little tired of listening to them, and I've been going pretty hard into small town murder and crime and sports lately. So hell yeah, you can't go wrong with crime and sports. Oh yeah, they're both great shows. They honestly, I don't know. They don't can they try to claim that they're indie, but they're you know. They're they're pretty much professional. They're one of the they've got to be one of my favorite like the true crime like pro ones, you know. Yeah, I know. I know. They're they're great honestly. Uh yeah, I think they are independent It's just they are very very large independent podcasts. I think they are living the dream that you and I live or yeah. are well, going I mean, to live. All of the names of the people who give them money every week, and it's always like a new set of names. It's just amazing to think like all of those people are just like all of those people not only give money but listen. That's just fucking insane. <laughs> uh, uh, they are fucking great, so you'd expect it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, thank you to everybody who chooses to support us on <laughs> Patreon. Uh, yeah, we just dropped a new episode yesterday, two days ago. No, yesterday uh, from when you hear this. So. You can check that out for $2 and up. It's uh, it's a good time. Did you like that audio I found for the intro? Yes, that was very good. I was I thought it was just a picture when I downloaded it uh, to put it up on Instagram, but I was surprised. I actually had to Google how to put a video up on Instagram because uh, my I was doing it on my phone and nothing really works very well on my phone compared uh, to the iPad. So. You just got to save that MP4 and put her on there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh let's dive in here since we're <laughs> redoing this anyway. Uh first off, before we get in here, I need to thank Kelly because she gave me the recommendation for this and it was kind of a mysterious thing and I figured why not look into it because it uh, is very peculiar. Everybody else who has recommended uh, me episodes, be patient. I will get to them. We just kind of, uh, Phil and I rotate on episodes, so it takes a little bit for me to get them all done. Anyway, Phil, I'm going to ask you again. Have you heard of the Zone of Silence? Well, I'll give you the same answer that I gave last time. Uh, Though I know about it now, I did not know about it in the past. So I'm going to say no. Okay. I was just going to, I was thinking about that. I'm like, well, actually, he technically does because we've done this before. But anyway, there is a very, very peculiar area in Mexico that has gained the name of the Mapimi Silent Zone. It is a particular patch of desert near the Bolson de Mipimi in Durango, Mexico. Now, this area is located in northern Mexico in the Chihuahuan Desert. This particular zone of silence is about 50 kilometers in size. It is where the Chihuahua, Durango, and Cohila states meet. And is And if you're in El Paso, you head about 400 miles south, and you're there. Uh, the closest urban settlement to this location is Cabellos, which is still about 25 miles away. So I don't know the landscape of Mexico that well, but from the pictures, it's basically in the middle of fucking nowhere. I don't know. It seems like, uh, okay, what do you have? Mexico City, and then there might be like one or two other large cities in Mexico. What do you know about about Mexico? Well, I know they have Mexico City, obviously, the, the biggest one, the capital. There's also Veracruz, which is a mm. pretty big city. There's um, a lot of, like, down south by the Yucatan. There's some cities out there. 
there's i mean it's just it's a normal it's a country it has its big cities it has its medium-sized cities it's urban area you know ur- urban and rural areas i was actually going to say though going 400 miles south of el paso if you are in el paso 400 miles in any direction is a good idea <laughs> that is one of that is one of the shittiest cities i've ever visited in my life oh you've so, been there i've 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 driven into it and luckily i was able to leave that day so. <laughs> isn't it pretty small um i mean as far as Compared to the city that I was living in at the time, not really, but yeah, it's just kind of, it's one of those places you just kind of want to, kind of want to leave. So, <laughs> well, as far as I know, Northern Mexico is mostly small towns, villages, whatever you want to call it. Um, that is my understanding, but, uh, but yeah, maybe somebody yeah. will reach out to us anyway. I like it. Oh, I was, was going to say that's kind of like their frontier, northern Mexico. Mm, okay. It's very, it's rural. It's kind of like American West is Mexico's north. Really? Okay. Interesting. The my ex, my old coworker, that was where he was from, like a small town in northern Mexico, and he said it was just kind of like there's the town and nothing's really around it. So, uh, kind of yeah, interesting. A lot like Arizona. Hmm. Now, as mentioned, most of this area is completely inhospitable desert. Uh, It has no roads and just mostly dirt tracks that you can follow to actually enter the zone itself. Now, if you were considering, hey, maybe want to take an adventure with the bros, head out to the zone of silence. Well, they recommend you bring a lot of ice and a lot of water because temperatures can reach up to 120 degrees Fahrenheit. And if you stay overnight, it can plummet into freezing now, we kind of mentioned this previously is I'm assuming if your body is used to 120 degrees or whatever temp it is, when it gets cold at night, it's going to feel a lot colder than it is. Yeah, we well, we mentioned it before. Um, so here in, in Phoenix, it gets during the summer, especially it got 120 pretty much every single day of the summer. At night, it would get a lot cooler around like one in the morning. Not quite freezing, but compared to the 120 degrees during the day, it would it would actually feel like it was a like a Minnesota night (laughs) during the summer. That's how cold it would, even though it was still in the 70s and 80s, it would feel like it was in the 40s, 50s. You know what? I got to experience the last. uh, Okay, today and Tuesday was wet feet from wet, cold feet from the snow. Oh, I hate that feeling so much. Yeah, that is the shittiest feeling. It reminds me of when we were kids and they would basically, like my parents, we, uh, you know, those old, well, I guess they still had like the bread, what the bags of the bread came in. <laughs> yeah. we, we were always the poor kids who had to like wrap our feet in the, in the bread bags to keep our feet from getting soaked. Oh man, dude, I, I don't know about your work, but my, my previous job, cause I had to be outside in the snow a lot. I'd have to literally just suffer all day while I was at work because my, if my boat, my boots leaked a little water or, uh, something like that. It's just like you have wet socks for eight hours in the cold and it's the most annoying thing ever. Oh yeah. And then you get home and your feet are numb for two fucking hours. Yeah. yeah, you should have you should have done the fucking bread bag shit. <laughs> or get waterproof uh, uh, boots. But apparently, from what I've heard, even if you have expensive boots, you have to constantly put the shit on them 
to keep them waterproof, which is kind of annoying. But To keep uh, them from cracking, yeah. Yeah. Now, anyway, uh, another interesting thing about the Zone of Silence is that it resides on the 27th parallel. Now, the 27th parallel is important because that's the exact parallel the Bermuda Triangle lays la. The Bermuda Triangle lies upon. Now, we're going to be going through some connections between the Bermuda Triangle and the Zone of Silence, mainly speaking about radio signals allegedly not working, compasses spinning around, possibly even electronics, uh, maybe some weird UFO stuff. All that sort of stuff kind of allegedly happens within this zone. Now, I think the site I got that from you might want to put a little asterisk next to it because the Bermuda Triangle is pretty fucking big, actually. Like, I think yeah, it so goes through multiple parallels. It does. It is, I believe, I I might be wrong, but it goes from Miami to Havana, and I think it goes over to one of the islands to the east, possibly, like, one of the islands of the Bahamas. It. Uh, if you look on a map, I, I it might even go lower than uh, Cuba. Uh it seemed pretty big. Oh, even lower than Cuba. Okay. Yeah, I th- I think so. Um, I was kind of looking at it because when I read that, I was like, well, all the other mysterious triangles, the what was it, the dragon triangle and stuff like that. I'm like, I wonder if these are all on the same parallels or like you mentioned, ley lines uh, previously. So, But it seemed like it was only the Bermuda Triangle in the Zone of Silence. Yeah, I think the Dragon Triangle is supposedly on the opposite side of the world as the from the like the Bermuda Triangle. But I could be wrong on that one. I get most of my information from the History Channel, so they are not the best <laughs> source for information. You, you can't trust especially them, like, especially in the last decade. Yeah, after Pawn Stars came in, they started going downhill. Definitely. All right, now let's talk about some weird things within the zone itself. Now. Most any place you go, if you're if you talk to the locals, they have some sort of superstition about the area you live in. Uh, when we were in Iowa, how many derelict haunted houses did we know of? You know, so naturally this area has a few of them themselves. So firstly, we'll start off with the claim that they the locals claim that if you are having trouble conceiving a baby, don't don't get your eggs checked, don't get your semen checked. Simply go into the zone. I don't think you have to have sex or anything. You just go in there and you can expect your wife's going to be pregnant and you'll have a baby within nine months. What do you, how do you feel about that one? I believe that this is in all of those Mormon books. This is how they claim <laughs> babies come around. Not, not through sexual intercourse, but just going to a special area. The uh, There's just like a little booth where you sign up to have a stork deliver your baby in nine months. Is that what's going on there? Yeah, after you give a hefty sum of your paycheck, then I imagine <laughs> you get blessed by whatever wizard person they have. And maybe this is where Brad Brand or Brad Jelena went. Is am I saying that right? Yeah, Brad Jelena. No, you know Angelina and Brad Pitt. Yeah, Brad Jelena. Is it Brad is Jelena? Okay, maybe this is where they got all nine of their kids at. I think huh? they got all nine of their kids from some kind of exchange it seems a little <laughs> odd i don't know i don't think I don't they're know. together I mean, they, still. no i don't think they're together anymore but they did i mean it is crazy how quickly they were able to amass like a small army of adopted <laughs> children like, it takes 
like for most people who don't have like a ton of money, it takes so long just to like, like adopt to, because they were adopting all babies. So it, it's, you know, it takes a long time to like find a baby to adopt, but they seem to be just like raking them in. So <sighs> not if you're rich. Yeah. Not. If you got them, it's capitalism. So if you got the money, then anything goes. But <laughs> Now, the locals in this area allegedly also have superior dental health with very straight and white teeth. Again, I don't know what in this area could possibly be affecting teeth. Um, what What do you think about this? They must at the schools in the area have a very strong Cavity Kids program. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, all their kids really take seriously the small tubes of toothpaste that they bring home from school. Those the, That Crest cartoon was a real big hit in this area. Do you remember? Oh that? yeah, <laughs> with the uh, with the army of toothbrushes fighting the the uh, the fucking all the gingivitis and the fucking black teeth and shit. The, Hell yeah. yeah! Do you remember our, the local dentist where we grew up? I remember on his wall he had all them like cartoons of cavities like attacking teeth. Ugh, mm. ugh! I didn't like looking at them. Yeah, my dentist was a little bit more professional. He didn't quite have the cartoons up or anything. He did have the kind of firm handshake that felt like your all your fingers were breaking when you shook your hand. So <laughs> that's how that that, all, that's how you know you can trust a dentist. Yeah, firm handshake. He was actually he might as well have been breaking your fucking teeth as <laughs> Maybe the dentist and the orthopedist are working together. The dentist breaks your hands, so you have to go to him. The orthopedist orthopedic person fucks your teeth up you have to go back to him it's a racket yeah when you go to the orthopedist he gives you a like a sugar-filled sucker (laughs) now apparently when blood samples were taken from residents who live around this area their blood work or showed that they were in superior health compared to those outside of it again might be an urban legend i don't know now let's talk about some of the vegetation and wildlife located within the area which i think is actually really interesting now all around the area of the silent zone the nepal cactus grows in abundance which is green in color i'm assuming this is kind of like your generic looking cactus right it's uh the flat almost like lily pad looking ones uh from the pictures but within the area even when you get closer to where it'd be like the center of the circle Some of these exact same plants are now pink and purple in color, but there's also like green kind of thrown around them. So it seems like something in the area causes a mutation within, I guess, this particular cactus. I don't know what it is, but it seems like something is happening to affect the color of the cactus. Yeah, I wonder if maybe it's linked to possibly like the soil or... Something in this area, something that's also causing people to have like really good teeth, the groundwater maybe. So you're telling me if anybody has a plant at home, and I know you were talking about getting one, uh, mix some crest and some water and put it in their little pot and you'll get pretty colored flowers then. <laughs> of course, it's a great idea. Just everyone do that. <laughs> we're not <laughs> responsible if you kill them, by the way. We're not responsible yeah. for that. Now, there's also a very rare species of turtle that apparently only exists when the, in this area uh, called the Talus mepimi tortoise. I didn't see what it looked like, but I'm assuming it doesn't have a tail. <laughs> it sounds like it's the main feature. <laughs> what if it actually had like a fucking monster tail? 
Like the, the longest tail a tortoise can ever have. It had like a scorpion tail on back with a big fucking hook-shaped like stinger on the back of it, but they called it the tailless <laughs> tortoise so people wouldn't get scared away. <laughs> That's amazing. I wish I would have looked up a picture of this thing, but uh, they also speak of legends of foot-long centipedes with purple heads, and they apparently, their main source of food is hunting mice and birds, which is uh, terrifying. I would never want to see that. I hate those fucking things. Yeah, if it could also hunt stray cats, that would be like the perfect combination of <laughs> like getting rid of pests and rodents. You don't like the stray cats. No, I'm not a fan. We had all those farm cats when I was a kid. Right, I remember. They always tried to run into the house when you'd open the doors. Fucking vermin. <laughs> Insects allegedly uh, grow to two to three times uh, their normal size. And this area also apparently has an abnormal amount of albino reptiles and snakes. Now, the last two there, we cannot confirm. Again, it was just in the article, but if there was something in the ground or something like that, uh, we're going to kind of talk about something that we believe actually exists in the area, uh, electromagnetic waves or, or magnetic fields or something. Maybe that affects the animals. I don't really know, um, but uh, it's very interesting. Definitely. Yeah, I don't know. They they claim that it has a lot of albino reptiles and snakes like in this zone. And I don't really know because you like animals move around. So it's not like it's not like they just live in like one little spot. I mean, you know, like reptiles, snakes, they move around to get food. And, you know, so I wonder I wonder if people just notice them more inside the zone because they know that it's a weird place. Uh, that's very possible. Uh, that definitely happens in weird areas, right? You're convincing mm -hmm. yourself you're seeing more than maybe you actually are. Here's the real savior about this zone, if this proves to be true. So, allegedly, gingers are going to go extinct uh, eventually. What if gingers went here, lived in this zone, they could repopulate the ginger population, bring back the albinos? Uh, maybe that's what they need to do. Could possibly. I wonder if humans are more likely to become al like be born albino in this area. I, I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this is where Carrot Top was born. At. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. <laughs> now another interesting item found within the area is a six mile long rectangular shaped platform. According to botanist and zo zoologist uh, Luis Medea, they he believes that these are in fact man made because some of the stones are that are on this thing are not local to the area. Additionally, there is ancient relics which include a human head carved into the stone. Now, I don't think this is necessarily weird because obviously you can look all over the world, ancient cultures built, uh, you know, you have Stonehenge, you have the Aztec temples, you have the pyramids. They're getting stones from wherever. Uh, even in Native American culture, there's all sorts of stuff like this. So that's probably not that weird. No, it's not. Definitely. I was going to mention, I believe, I think it's Nazca. Uh, some of the some of the like old temples and shit that's out in those mountains, there are rocks and stones that were taken from down like way lower elevation that were actually brought up into those mountains. So, I mean, they did know how to move rocks around and... Um, that kind of stuff. There's always the ancient alien people who claim that they wouldn't have been able to move rocks or carve rocks. But I mean, it was a stone age. They were good at it. 
(laughs) That's where it gets the name from, right? (laughs) Yeah, it was their thing. All right, now we're going to start getting into like actual documented events that have transpired within the zone. We're going to talk about the first reported incident surrounding the zone of silence that started in 1930 when a Mexican pilot named Francisco Sarabia was flying over the area and his instrument panel started going haywire. As well, he couldn't get his radio to work. Now, because of this and the plane failing, he decided he needed to make an emergency landing. Now, this is a 1930s plane, so I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it sounds like it's probably 1930s. Maybe it's starting to get made out of metal. I imagine, though, possibly being made out of plywood strings and hopes and fucking dreams. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, he did have a radio and I mean, who knows? It could have been the fucking could have been the best plane on the fucking continent for all I know. But I mean, a 1930s plane, no matter how good it is. It sounded like they all had problems. Even Amelia Earhart's planes. Yeah. Uh, when we were talking about her, she was always having problems with her planes. She was she was flying the top of the line. So. Yeah, I'm not really sure what if this guy was like a military pilot or just a private pilot. I don't really know. They just mentioned that this he's kind of one of the, the most famous thing where his plane just kind of malfunctions. Mm-hmm. All right. In 1964, the state-owned gas company named. Permex uh, sent an engineer to the area to see if they could run an oil pipeline directly through it. The engineer and his team claimed they ran into several problems because of different radio anomalies that made it impossible for them to communicate with each other. Some claimed the engineer would be the one to officially name this the Zone of Silence because obviously he could not communicate with his team. Now, I don't know what we want to say about this guy maybe again i don't know 1964 you'd think radios should work pretty well yeah i mean it sounded like this uh pemex if it was like the state-owned gas company they would have pretty decent shit at the time america was running around vietnam at this time with you know uh pretty good radios i imagine so i the the radios were out there that you know, could have been effective. I mean, this kind of lends into the the idea of like the electromagnetic interference or possibly electromagnetic fields fucking up equipment. Now, here's the other interesting thing. I I only found this story from like one source of on a YouTube video. Um, the interesting thing is they didn't necessarily say the radios didn't work, but they were picking up something really strange. Um, I think that's where the anomalies come in. So, but we don't really know what that means. I, you know, maybe they were picking up some sort of weird signal from somewhere else or something. I, I don't really know. But uh, nonetheless, it's kind of in the mythos of the zone of silence. It could be an early episode of The Price is Right from Bob Barker. <laughs> come on down. And the guys are just like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Telling people that they want to. $1,200 Ford fucking pickup truck. <laughs> I bet Barry Satiro probably uh, traveled back through time just to fuck with him. Just to, just to try to win the old fucking, the the early, what is it? The I think the Camaro came out in like 67, 68, <laughs> something like that. He was trying to pick up one of those old ones for real cheap. That was his game coming back and selling it. Would Obama have been alive in 64? 
Uh, he was born in I. We did that episode so long ago. He was born in like the super early, like the sixties, I think. Gotcha. In Hawaii, allegedly. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, you know what's funny? I actually watched a video when I was looking for that sound clip for our Patreon thing. Um, it was Donald Trump saying that it was actually Hillary Clinton that started the birther uh, conspiracy theory. By the way, so that was interesting. I do remember hearing back in like right before the election. I do remember hearing him say that he's uh, he's fucking insane. Anyway, let's move on to now. This is going to be probably the most popular story associated with the zone of silence, and that is the Athena rocket enigma. During the Cold War era in America, the U.S. Army and Air Force were testing rockets at the Green River Complex in Utah. Generally, they would launch the rockets from Utah and head them directly for White Sands Missile Range in New Mexico. Now, on July 11, 1970, they were testing out the Athena 123D rocket. Uh, as normal, the rocket was launched in Utah. And it was headed directly for uh, the White Sands. But during the rocket's fourth stage ignition, it went completely rogue. Now, keep in mind, prior to this event happening, they had launched this exact rocket 150 times successfully. Now, what happened to this rogue rocket? Well, it headed directly for the zone of silence. It would take the military weeks to locate the uh, where the rocket had actually landed uh, keep in mind, apparently, this rocket was carrying a payload containing Cobalt-57, which is a, a, a highly radioactive material. Seems a little dangerous. So what do you what do you think about this so far? Um, I've actually been, I've driven, like, past the where the White Sands missile testing site is to the point where, like, you can start seeing, like, the White Sands on the side of the road and in the ditch. Um, it's very... It's very pretty out there. I think that they probably should have been aiming the missiles maybe a little bit more towards Clovis. Other <laughs> rather than these uh, beautiful landscapes. But I mean, honestly, saying that they had launched 150 times successfully up to this point until it fucked up, it's kind of like the when you have a like a factory floor or a company claiming that they haven't had an accident in six months or eight months or 12 months. That's a it good point. It just they're waiting for it to happen. That's you know? a very good point. Now, if they're testing missiles, I always wondered why are they putting radioactive material in it? Yeah, it's odd. I don't know. I Containing Cobalt-57, It's I've never really heard of that before. So I, I'm not exactly sure if it's something inside of the equipment that has cobalt 57 or if that was actually part of like some kind of dirty bomb you know i, I don't know i did i did kind of see that it seems like they still use the athena rocket model i guess uh kind of interesting i don't know if it's just more advanced rockets but they all just always just call them athena i i'm not really sure on that now they they might be using like the great great grandchild of it or something. True, true. That's a good point. Now, legend goes that the military, because of all the kind of hard or kind of how weird it was that it went to the zone of science, and for the fact that they had trouble tracking it, because allegedly 
None of their equipment's working. They apparently sent out NASA rocket engineer and ex-Nazi Werner Von Braun. Now, we all know about this guy, right? Yeah, he is definitely. I mean, it's it's crazy to think like back then, um, kind of what the U.S. government, everyone, you know, who like paperclip, everyone who's heard of him. The United States put out a lot of propaganda that he was one of the good ones. But if you look back at what we know now about from like Nazi records and what he actually did and from I think it was witness testimony from the factories that he ran, the rocket factories in Germany. He was not a, a decent person at all. Yeah, I I I wouldn't really doubt that. Uh, yeah, you can listen to I mean, we'll probably cover Paperclip eventually. But uh, if you want a good uh, podcast to listen to it, uh, Creeper Real did a good, I can't remember if it's two or three parters. But uh, yeah, if you want really, really in-depth detail about Project Blue Book, there you go. Yeah, I actually learned a lot of stuff listening to that podcast, Hmm. so it was a good one. A lot of stuff I didn't know. Now, it seems like, I don't know if it was the military, if it was Werner von Braun, but apparently this is where they started to detect the highly abnormal uh magnetic fields within the area now we're going to talk about another thing here that kind of correlates with that the area is also known to be kind of a meteorite field allegedly if you go into the area you will find an abnormally high amount of meteorite fragments or other space junk which i'm assuming means any of the man-made shit people have thrown up there and just kind of like left it up there like it's your bachelor pad i I don't know i i feel like that stuff's got to go somewhere eventually it's not going to decay up there all of the empty containers of tang that those (laughs) early fucking astronauts were tossing out their windows they're hiding all the uh last six packs of surge up there phil that's what they're hiding (laughs) up there (laughs) (laughs) it's funny my uh so back when surge was a thing um right before they discontinued it my brother bought a six pack because he thought it'd be maybe worth money someday uh having a six pack of surge and i think it was up there until my parents got divorced and my dad moved out of there it was still in that room oh man i i would assume soda has like a expiration date right oh it definitely does and it was well past its date it was just for something to like a something to sell but yeah it wasn't for something to drink later on the okay i wonder if you could keep you know, soda in like a, I don't know, a perfect cold temperature that it wouldn't decay. I wonder if that's possible. I don't know, because if you freeze it, then it would turn to shit. You can't drink it after it freezes. It tastes horrible. It's not like a good wine. Like, you can't age it like a good wine. You can't have aged surge. Definitely not. (laughs) No, it's not. It doesn't have real sugar in it. It has whatever, maybe cobalt 57 in it, for all I know. That surge... I'm pretty sure when we were fucking running through uh, what Majora's Mask, I think we were drinking Surge at that time. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All, like fucking days. All that extra caffeine? Hell yeah. Well, yeah. back to what I was saying here. Essentially, kind of what they're leaning on is for they think for some reason things from space seem to be drawn to this area. Maybe that's a connection to the higher, the normal magnetic fields. Maybe they pulls it in there. I don't really know. Um, but we'll talk about the most famous UF or meteorite crash here. On February 8th, 1969, around 1 a.m., 
The Zone of Silence had drawn in the most significant meteor ever to hit the Earth in the modern era, the Allende meteorite, which came in at about two tons. Now, keep in mind, when it came in, it exploded once it once it got you know into the uh, atmosphere there, and it went in. I don't know how many little uh, pieces it blew into, but it blew into a lot of pieces, and it it's gonna land right within this zone. So keep that in mind. The meteor was so large that when the citizens of the local town of Cabellos looked into the sky that night, they thought perhaps the world was ending, which if it's the middle of the night and it's lighting up in all these colors, I'd probably be shit in my pants. What do, what, what do you think? Oh, definitely. I mean, anyone's ever heard of the, uh, the Tunguska explosion back in, I think, the early 19th century. Basically, the a meteor or a meteor, small comet, whatever came down, actually blew up in the upper atmosphere, just like this one. And they claimed that at midnight in London, it looked like it was noon outside because of how bright the sky was from this explosion, which happened in fucking Siberia. Wait, was that that the one that happened uh, like three years ago? No, no, this... This that's what it reminded people of, but this was actually like a hundred years ago that this happened. Gotcha. It, it flattened miles and miles of of uh, it flattened out all of the forests and it made all of the trees like lay down like they were toothpicks on the ground. Oh, completely shit. stripped of all their fucking bark and branches. <laughs> and well, I remember that one that happened in Russia like three years ago, and they had all the videos of it. Man, that was trippy. Yeah. It would be fucking insane. The sonic boom would fucking blow out your windows. Yeah, kind of in correlation to that, this Allende meteorite, when it came in, they could see the lights in the sky 100 miles away in the bigger city of uh, Chihuahua City. Now, nobody was injured in the meteorite crash, but like you said, sonic boom, it shattered all the uh, windows in the village. Now, the Allende meteor is special because... It is estimated to be about 4.5 billion years old and is speculated to have been been born when our solar system formed. It contains rare metals, carbons, hydrocarbons, amino acids, water, and one particularly rare uh, metal, aluminum-26, that they claim is only found from the formation of our solar system. Like, I don't think you can just make this shit anymore so that's kind of interesting but it also has amino acids and water which i guess is this like galactic jizz kind of this could form a planet panspermia definitely form a planet but it could bring life to a planet right maybe we need to send this to what's the one they speculate might be titan is that the one the moon that they think people could live on eventually um titan i know that there is one they think has life it's a uh, ocean. It's a ma- there's massive planet-sized ocean underneath the gigantic ice fucking glacier that's on top of I, the ocean. So. I, I think it's Titan. I I don't know. It might be. I'm not exactly sure. I know there's a shit ton of moons that orbit that. So, um, but yeah, I was about to say, really, I mean, 4.5 billion years old. So yeah, that's definitely the when the solar system formed aluminum. You said aluminum 26? Yep. I've never heard of that before. Um, I wonder if it's something, because there are certain things like when a, I know when a, like a star 
like all of the pressures on the inside. I wonder if when the star was in its like infant form, maybe it spit all this aluminum 26 out. I I don't know. I, I really don't know enough about metal. I'm assuming maybe it has to be like the certain mixture of metals mixed with uh, was it friction and heat like at certain heat points. Pressure. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's uh, I mean, how isn't gold on earth is formed by meteorites am i am i right um i don't think i thought i thought I, that's why it's so rare it's so rare and why it's concentrated is because it was all like kind of laid out in the same area yeah i thought i thought i've heard that before maybe i don't know how much does a ounce of aluminum 26 go for that'd be interesting yeah, well, who knows? It's <laughs> It could all be running fucking Barisatero's time machine. <laughs> find it. I'll tell you what, guys out there, or guys or gals, if you're thinking of uh, uh, you know, you're going to marry your significant other, propose to them, maybe get some, uh, some meteorite stone or moon dust and put that in a diamond and uh, make it for them. I think that'd be special, don't you? Yeah, it'd be a lot more special than, uh, well... I've said this before. Diamonds are fucking worthless. So, right. I know the uh, the great lie. Maybe we should cover that sometime. The great lie yeah. about diamonds. <laughs> that would be actually a really good episode. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, it would. Now, in relation to the meteor crash, in a 1986 book titled The Zone of Silence by Jerry Hunt, he theorized that the cause of the high magnetic pull could be from a large iron meteor that slammed into the earth very, very long ago. Now, basically what Jerry speculates here is because this area was once covered by the uh, Cretaceous Sea of Thetis, I hope I said that right, basically what he thinks is there's a giant iron meteor that crashed into earth in this area and then the sea swallowed it up and it's buried deep under the earth and it has caused this magnetic pole in this area. Um, I don't know. What do you think about Jerry's theory here? I mean, it would make sense that meteor meteors and meteorites could be, you know, like have a lot of ferrous metals in them, be magnetic. And this area did once it was once like an ocean or a sea. So, I mean, it's all it's possible. You would think that you would find like a larger crater to go along with it. But unless, I mean, that old ocean and erosion kind of like took it away. Right. Now, here's the final thing I'm going to end on this little little thing here. Now, we know there's higher than normal levels of magnetism. But from everything I was reading on, I would say legitimate science sites is that magnet magnetism cannot actually affect radio signals. They can affect the devices that are broadcasting the radio signals, but they cannot affect the radio signals themselves. So, if you were to have a laptop with Wi-Fi out here, that's probably not going to work because that's going to affect the device. But the radio signals themselves, it will not affect them. So, theoretically, radio should work perfectly fine in this area. And the compass thing, I'm not certain about. You would think a magnetic pole would fuck up a compass, though, right? Yes, you would. I was I was going to ask really quick. You got that information about the uh, effect on radio signals from magnetism from the only official source of science, Bill Nye the Science Guy, of course. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. Okay, Hell I just yeah. had to make sure. 
Wouldn't be legitimate if you didn't get it from him. Him and the him and the ICP songs, uh, the ICP song "Fucking Magnets." How do they work? Great title. I would recommend anybody listen to it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Uh, magnetism with the compass, especially because you always see it on those like the crappy sci-fi movies. Whenever they're entering like some kind of weird magnetic field or some weird place, their compass always starts spinning. So. Well, okay, a compass is essentially based off the the polar shift on the planet, right? The north and south pole. I was under the assumption, obviously not digital ones now, but uh, I think I thought the old school ones, that's kind of how they worked, wasn't it? Yeah, um, basically the Earth has a gigantic magnetic field around it, and it kind of comes, uh, it's like with the earth spinning and the like all the metals inside of it, it has this large field and the magnet inside the compass will kind of align with the North and South pole. So, so I guess, I guess if this has a weird magnetism about it, perhaps that would fuck up a, a compass. But as far as radio signals go, I think you'll be okay. All right. Now let's talk about my favorite section, UFOs. No weird area on the fucking planet is complete without UFOs. Now, it's very common for those who live in the area who or who have ventured to the area to experience maybe low, I would consider low levels of anomalies, such as like a light in the sky or a light in the desert or something along those lines. Kind of the entry level aspect of that type of paranormal activity, but the, the stories kind of escalate from there. There are legends of people who have entered the zone. They will come across tall, blonde-haired beings that spoke, according to them, perfect Spanish. Now, some claim it is always two men and one woman with long, blonde hair. They are wearing clothing that would be considered really abnormal for the area. Now, the other weird thing is they don't want food. They don't want directions they don't want anything the only thing they're gonna ask you for is water now we mentioned I was about to say, go ahead the only thing they want to ask you for is a little bit of time to talk about jehovah <laughs> they're riding their bicycles out in the middle of the desert looking for followers they got their little they got their fucking uh their little dress pants on and their little one suspender that goes across just looking for more people to fill the coffers but in more seriousness here uh this is a lot like the tall whites that you did an episode on to me yes yeah definitely it is basically the same story and i believe it was the george hall guy who was talking about the tall whites and how they did like the like the drier arid climates which definitely match the climate that he was stationed in in you know like around area 51 in that in nevada I wonder why that if, okay, let's just put our weird hats on. If the tall whites actually exist, I would assume if they like those particular types of climates, it would be because of maybe their home planets like that, perhaps. Yeah, I assume so. I mean, if you listen, if you, if you really listen to George Hall, some of the things, how he describes the aliens and how he describes their home worlds, it seems like it's kind of like opposite. Like, oh, they wouldn't be like that and be from that home world. Um, I don't know, even if you were from a planet that was hot and dry, you would think you would want like to be around a place with like very good like water source. Like they wouldn't land themselves like 
in a dry area purposefully, they would, because you would want, if you were, you know, trying to fill up your ship with water, you would think you would want to be in a place with more water, so. Well, that or it reminds them of home, maybe, I, I don't know, but. Uh, no, that's true, yeah. But. Uh, I'm one, wrong, logistically. <laughs> well, you know, maybe the tall whites don't think logistically, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, there's one kind of famous story from a rancher who was actually approached by the trio, and he was brave enough to ask him, where the hell are you guys from? And apparently the aliens, or whatever they are, just grinned at him, and they told him, from above. So whether they're aliens, whether the story's real, I don't really know, but it's uh, it's kind of an interesting tidbit here. Now. <laughs> We're from New Jersey. Mind your own fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> what you looking at, bitch? <laughs> I don't well, know. You don't want my hair? <laughs> Maybe they're just a lost ner- or Swedish hair metal band. I don't really know. Former reindeer herdsman. Hell yeah. In 1975, two fossil hunters were searching the bizarre area, uh, just looking for gems, whatever, cool rocks, I guess. According to them, after a while... It began to rain heavily, which brought on a flash flood. Now, the two of them were trying to escape the area in their car, but soon the mixture of heavy rain and dirt caused their vehicle to become stuck. Now, being that they were stuck in an isolated area, they had no way to communicate with the outside world, which was very bad if you're in a flash flood. This is how you die. According to them, all of a sudden, two blonde-haired gentlemen wearing yellow jackets approached the vehicle coming out of the middle of nowhere, and they said, hey, we'll help get your car unstuck, which they did. And when the fossil hunter got out of his car to thank them, they were nowhere to be found. They just disappeared into thin air. What do you think of this tale here? Do you think maybe they ate a little too much peyote, or what? what's going on, Phil? Possibly. I do like the idea of the... Good Samaritan aliens, like the ones who actually want to help people. I find it kind of weird that they're wearing like the schoolboy fucking the the yellow rain jackets, like the old style ones. <laughs> the Morton, That's a little odd. The Morton Salt Girl. Yeah, exactly. It kind of <laughs> makes me think they might possibly be Mormon. A little bit more evidence here. Uh, yeah, but. maybe they uh, they just hooked up some uh, hitches to their bicycles and went full speed and pulled that car right out of the mud hole. Yeah, well, you know, they live that clean life. They don't drink any coffee or, you know, do any drinking or do any bad shit. So they got the extra power. They disappeared completely, but there is a stack of Bibles there called uh, the Kingdom of Jehovah. It's <laughs> called the Tower. Just lay down <laughs> There the it tower. is, the Tower. Totally tower. forgot. The- I totally forgot the name of that motherfucker. Now, this is a completely different story from a man named Benjamin. Uh, his story goes as follows. I was a 12-year-old when a light appeared above, appeared from above and completely encircled us. I was traveling with my butt brother in the zone. We didn't know what was happening. When we got back to the ranch, we had realized we had lost two hours. So, again, UFO stuff seems to come. There always seems to be like a missing time element to it, which has always kind of perplexed me. Yeah, really... A lot of the UFO, maybe not as much the sightings, but the people who claim to have like the lost time, mm-hmm. they think that it is like they got taken up on the craft or they possibly saw something they weren't supposed to. So they maybe got like their memory wiped 
I mean, it would kind of, if this guy is telling the truth, it kind of makes sense. Light comes, uh, kind of puts him in a daze, takes him, puts him back, wipes their memory. Kind of seems to be the M.O., like you said, with UFOs. So maybe it's mm. true, maybe it's not. I don't really know. Just long enough to take some fucking blood samples and fucking eggs or semen or whatnot, whatever they're <laughs> fucking looking for, whatever gets their fucking rocks off. <laughs> Who knows? It seems like they just abduct like the most random people. Yeah, maybe. Well, I had well, I've heard a kind of a theory before that it's the people who no one's going to believe it. They always seem to abduct the people who maybe are like kind of living on the fringe anyway. Mm. That's the people that they take. That, so I kind of like that. Kind of like that. I could follow that. It kind of explains why it always seems like the the people who claim to have been abducted by aliens are always a little bit like on the weirder side. <laughs> That's one of the like ex- explanations of it. Like, oh, the aliens, the aliens can sense or they know that these people are living on possibly the fringe. <laughs> so no one's going to believe them. That's why. I, honestly, I could see it. So you yeah. and I better watch out. Exactly. I, I just I hang out by myself so much I wouldn't even notice two hours of missing time. <laughs> now, oh fuck! Maybe I had a couple more beers than I thought I did. Now going back to uh, Hunt's book, uh, he mentions a story from a local man named Paco Suarez. This is his quote: "We saw a box-shaped group of lights hovering to the north, very high. There was a mesa in the distance, and it began to lower behind it." Then it came towards us from behind the mesa. I admit, I was scared. I felt frozen on my house. Maybe it's in my house. But anyway, basically he's saying uh, a weird-shaped UFO appeared over the horizon. Again, he could have been tripping. He could have saw something else. I don't really know. But uh, again, a UFO sighting within the area itself. Now, let's talk about probably the most famous UFO event that a large swath of people actually would witness that would become to be known as the Cabellos UFO. One evening in 1976, a huge craft was spotted hovering on the outskirts of the town of Cabellos. Witnesses claimed that the ship was about two to 300 feet in length. The edges of the craft had colored lights ranging from white, blue, and green. Interestingly, you would think a craft of this size would be making noise, but there wasn't a single single sound coming from it. Now, I've definitely heard that before in regards to UFOs. They always seem to be silent. Um, what do you what do you think about this? Two to three hundred feet. That's pretty big. Yeah, I wonder what kind of shape they claimed because it kind of reminds me of the Phoenix Lights, not the not the main Phoenix Lights that you see where it, it kind of actually just looks like flares falling down. Mm-hmm. But the one where they claim that the triangle-shaped UFO actually kind of for a long time just floated over the city. Like very not – it was going pretty quick, but it seemed like it was going slow because it was so huge. I mean, I, I yeah, I don't know. Well, that one was solid colors though. You yeah, I mean? that um, and it almost seemed like you could see through it. Um, or well you couldn't see through it but you couldn't see the ship you just couldn't see the stars behind it but i mean if you live in phoenix you'll know or any major city you can't see any fucking stars anyway so was your oldest brother living there when that happened yes he was he doesn't he didn't say he ever saw it though ah that's too bad i would love to talk to somebody who's seen it yeah i would love to talk to somebody who's seen it now 
According to the townsfolk, while the craft remained in the area, all the animals were just relentless and they were howling. Several people, including the mayor of the town, claimed while it was sitting there, they were experiencing this weird sensation of being watched and they started to feel really, really paranoid. Not really sure where that's from. After a short period, the craft just started to move away. The local sheriff reported the incident to the higher authorities, but they never mentioned it, never heard a word back from it. I don't know if that means perhaps they were trying to hide something or they just didn't want to talk about it or I don't know. What do you what do you think about this? Possibly the federales were a little bit too <laughs> preoccupied working in collusion with the local drug lords at the time. In 676? I wasn't that the time of uh that movie Blow? Was it when or was they, it sixties? I don't remember. That, Maybe it was seventies. When he was hauling all that weed in from Mexico and basically paying off all of the uh, the federal agents. <laughs> uh, that very well could be. I haven't seen that in a while. Um, yeah. I, you know what? We, you can always say it probably happened in the 70s because the 70s was a dark fucking time in the world, man. It was just everything bad happened in the 70s. Yeah, I remember Well, from that movie. I remember the clothes he was wearing when he was younger, like just starting with the weed. He was looking like he was, uh, like his clothes were from the '60s, and then when he gets, when he gets older, out of prison, I'm pretty sure that's the '70s. Yeah, hi, I, I'm not sure. I'm sure somebody will yell at us about it now during look, the downturn of the <laughs> yeah his life. Yeah, that perfect example. First half movie good, second half of the movie just sad. <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's uh, yeah. let's round this <laughs> out here. So I'm gonna tell you. So the U.S. Rockets true. The Ionde the meteorites, true. Compasses, unverified. Radio signals, as far as we can tell, work fine in the area. And that leaves the UFOs, which I think you can always kind of take them and leave them, depending if you believe in UFOs or not. So what do you think about this area overall? Do you think there's something weird here? Do you think it's just kind of urban legends being built up over a long period of time? What do you, what do you think about it, Phil? Well, kind of with the whole thing, with the rocket, I'll start with that. I mean, a rocket failing during one of its stages and just kind of firing off into whatever fucking direction it goes in, that's a fucking, who knows where it's going to fucking land. I mean, it could have landed fucking in Iowa. You know, like, <laughs> could have fucking landed anywhere. Once that thing kicks out and fucking just takes off, um, the with the with the meteor, that's kind of weird how they claim that it kind of arced itself towards the area. Um, cause normally they just kind of come in like at one angle and just stay on one path. So it's a little weird that everything seems to end up like in this area. Yeah. I don't know why they, most of the sites I saw just kind of make it sound like media. This, for some reason, meteorites just so always seem to land here. Like they almost are like aimed at yeah. this site. I really, I really do like the idea of the gigantic meteor. Like that struck during the when there was the Cretaceous Sea in that area. I do like that idea. Um, doesn't sound like there's any real proof that it's there, but I mean, it's a it's a fucking theory. Somebody came up with something, I guess. Right. For right. I lo I love that theory honestly because it's really practical. Yeah, and if you would think if there was like a large meteor with all of that like magnetism that it could overpower like the earth's like weak magnetic field 
um, that pulls the the magnet that pulls the little magnet inside the compass towards the north. So you you maybe it could work like that. I don't know. I'm not a fucking scientist, so <laughs> I just like as you know, it kind of makes sense to my fucking brain. You but, know, yeah, it's weird. I I was gonna say last with the fucking UFOs, it's just like you said, coin flip. So yeah. whether you believe or whether you don't, it's your deal. Yeah, I think what I love about this area is. It seems like in on the world as a whole, there's just certain areas that like higher strangeness, more anomalous activities just seem to transpire. Like if you take I don't know if you want to put this in with like Skinwalker Ranch or like the Bermuda Triangle or the Dragon's Triangle or the is it the Emerald Triangle in uh, Ireland you mentioned? Well, there's so there's it's a I know the area includes Stonehenge. There's there's these things called ley lines, hmm. which I also learned on the History Channel. So fucking take it with a massive grain of salt. <laughs> but they are, they're they're called ley lines, and basically they connect all of these major paranormal sites. Like there's ley lines that connect uh, Stonehenge and the pyramids and the Inca, you know, the all of their little areas, the Nazca lines. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean. And they do seem to, like, if you look at how the ley lines work, they do seem to make triangles. So right. that's kind of how they're laid out. So I don't it's know. kind of one of those things yeah. where they all seem to be connected. But you have to remember, too, it's humans drawing these lines. Right. Very, hey, that's a very, very valid point. I love I love that, actually. Maybe, yeah. you know, maybe ley lines would be a good, uh, good episode for us to cover in the future as well. Now, I'm going to put this out there. If anybody knows of this area or has been there or know or anything about it, please, where can they contact us at? Well, they can hit us up on our fancy schmancy new website. Hell yeah. www.subliminaldeception.com. There you can find a link to contact us. It actually just comes right in through our standard email. Uh, You just basically fill in the information, write out the body of the message, and it gets right to us. If you want to do it the old school way, uh, you can just get on our email, subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. Works just the same, and uh, we love hearing from people. We've been hearing quite a bit in the past couple months. So thanks for all of that. Thanks for all the emails. Uh, Easier way, probably the easiest way to get a hold of us through our Instagram. Subliminal Deception Podcast is on IG and I actually check that multiple times a day. Actually, Cody's checking that now too. So if I don't get to you, Cody will. Uh, Cody and I also both have our own individual Instagrams. Mine is sdpodphil. I actually did figure out the password for it and I'm back on it. So if anyone oh, sent yeah. me messages, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> uh, Cody, <laughs> you got one too? Yeah, you can follow my personal Instagram at Cody Zabub. Uh, you can message me. You can uh, send me suggestions, send me cool videos, whatever you want to do. Uh, thank you all to all of our patrons who have uh, signed up and supported the show. We appreciate it so much. With the support, we can release more uh, content. We can make more product, you know, kind of just uh, doing all that stuff. So thank you very much to those, those who have supported us. If you'd like to support us in a different way, you can log on to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review. doesn't really matter what you say. Or if you're a Spotify listener, you just simply hit the follow button. It's apparent, apparently the ex- like the exact same thing. 
Now, I hope everybody enjoyed the episode. Getting a little weird here. Again, thank you so much to Kelly for the uh, for giving me the episode idea. Otherwise, guys, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.